Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are around the world watching this stream with myself. Uh, welcome back to Football's First Man, uh, sorry, Football's 12th Man, should I say, um, podcast. Um, it's just me today, uh, on my own, in the sun, and I'm not going to lie, guys, I'm absolutely steaming. <laughs> what a hot day. Um, I literally turned on some of the ITV racing because, of course, it's Ascot. I'm into my horse racing uh, and got myself a cold beer, went outside and thought, you know what, that's way too hot for me. I've got a little bit of ginger in my beard, so I've got tanned, uh, not got tanned skin. So I'm very fair skinned. So I thought, you know what, let's get myself back inside and do some talking. On the transfer news, there's a lot that's happened this week. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's been very, very busy. If you're a Manchester City, Liverpool or Arsenal uh, or Spurs fan um, in terms of rumours, not so much activity with some of those clubs I've mentioned, but certainly with heavy links or rumours or in advanced stages with players. So I just wanted to do a little bit of a roundup, really, and get some opinions in the chat. Great to see all of you joining me. Uh, big up Joshua. He says, it's very, very rare that I get to catch anything live from the start. Consider yourself lucky, Pots. Yeah, absolutely, mate. You um, know, said, uh, yes, Dan, big up. Thank you very much for joining us, mate. And again, uh, Gunnar, have I said that right? Guna Vitell, hey Dan, good to see you. Um, Arsenal love links, yeah, you know, you're not wrong there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of these rumours then, shall we? Um, first of all, we're coming to Arsenal in a little while because I think me and Harry did enough of that yesterday to talk about what it is we're linked with and what it is that I think we need. And I will touch on it because I think it's important. Um, but Liverpool have been busy this transfer window. Let's start with Liverpool. Liverpool... Looks to have accepted that Mane is going to be off. Mane is going to Bayern Munich. And I have to say, Sadio Mane has been one of those players that I respect. He's been fantastic, not just for Liverpool, but when he came on the scene at Southampton, brought over from, I think, the Germany League, and he just absolutely smashed it for Southampton. And you have to say, for 35 to £37 million, pounds, what an unbelievable signing. Unbelievable signing. From Jurgen Klopp, one of his... First signings, I think it was, and I remember them signing him and Salah for Roma for a combined, what, 70 million? And if you compare Mustafi and Chaka that we signed, <laughs> that cost the same amount, I think it's great business. Um, Sadio Mane will be missed at Liverpool, there's no doubt, but I do feel like he'd be replaced. I think they've already got the lined up... Um, previously knowing that Mane and Salah's futures were kind of up in doubt. So I think when it comes to Liverpool, Diaz, Jota and of course Salah will still be there and the signing of Darwin Nunes, um, and they've still got Bobby Firmino, believe it or not, um, has just proved to me that they're, they're not going to miss Mane as much as perhaps they would without the replacements there. Let's talk a little bit about Darwin Nunes because for me, this was the guy I wanted. And as soon as we ballsed up the Champions League. Um, that, for me, was a player that I really wanted but knew he just wasn't going to come. Um, he's a player good enough to be playing Champions League football. He already was, to be honest, playing Champions League football for Benfica and was scoring, funny enough, against Liverpool and some of the other English teams over the years. We played Benfica, I don't know if you remember, a few years ago in the Europa League. Um, and we ended up winning 
in fairly one of the last minutes, really, on the second leg, Aubameyang had scored a goal. And I remember him playing in that game and thinking, this guy looks good. And from that point, I was always interested to follow him from a distance, so to speak. Not watching the Portuguese league, I don't watch him every week. But when I look at his attributes and the profile of striker, of what Liverpool have got, that's everything that I want. And I know that we've got links with strikers ourselves, but I really do like the profile of a target man, number nine, an all-round striker. Somebody that's real threat in the air, somebody that can hold the ball up, a target man that can link up play. And I think Darwin Nunez will do that. And when you've got Salah and Jota and um, Luis Diaz playing either side of you, I think they could be a force to be reckoned with again next season, Liverpool, because of that. They've got another couple of signings that they're looking at and they've also signed a young right-back cover. And to be honest with you, I'm not so sure about this young right-back they've signed from Aberdeen. I think he got young Scottish Player of the Year. Um, I can't remember his name for the life of me now. I'm hope someone can remind me in the chat. But they've signed him. And that's a real player that I think, or a position, should I say, they probably were weakest in when Trent got injured. I don't really know that Nico Williams was the one that they wanted to, to bring in and say that he was ready. Of course, they had Joe Gomez. But actually, when you look at Joe Gomez, he's a player that has a lot of injury problems and someone that they cannot be, uh, cannot be relied upon. So when I look at that, I personally feel that there's a real chance that Liverpool could be a threat again next season. Manchester City. <laughs> Let's talk about Manchester City because I know we've got some outgoings. There's potentials of Gabriel Jesus leaving and we'll talk about that in a minute. Zinchenko looks to be finding or trying to find another club. Fernandino has been released. There's links with Sterling and Mares perhaps that are leaving Manchester City. So I look at those players and think, wow, a lot of clubs will be very interested in them. But the links that Man City have got business-wise already, there's rumours very heavily that Calvin Phillips is joining Manchester City, which, let's be honest, will replace Fernandinho straight away for him going out the door. But, of course, we have to talk about Alvarez and Haaland. I think the pair of them just absolutely smashed this league. I'm not joking. I think they've come over straight away and they're going to be a threat. Now, they might not be instant threats. They might not be the, the, the talk of the town, so to speak. But what they will be is they will get it right eventually. And I don't think it will take them very long with the teams around them. Someone has kindly reminded me. In the chat, thank you so much. Calvin Ramsey is the name of the right back that Liverpool have signed. And apparently he's very, very highly rated. Um, so Manchester City have some unbelievable players already and they're adding to that quality, particularly in attack. Now, the reason I actually predicted Liverpool to win the league last season was because I thought that Manchester City could got, not go another season without a centre-forward. I thought that without Aguero for one season, they could have done it. But actually, when you look at it again, They've proven me wrong. <laughs> They've gone and done it again. And I, I believe, personally, that it wasn't a madness decision to say that Liverpool could win the league because Liverpool's strength in depth is amazing. It's not very often that you see Liverpool bringing on Minamino anymore, Origi, Oxlade Chamberlain doesn't really get a kick. They're bringing on the blacks of Jota and Luis Diaz now. And Naby Keita's coming in if Henderson's injured. They've still got James Milner coming in with his professionalism. They've got Simicas if Robertson's out. They've got Kenyate who they've brought in. They've got Matip, who I think is one of the most criminally underrated centre-backs in the Premier League. Not even joking, not just at Liverpool. Such a good player. Made a glass, <laughs> apart from this season, of course. But that's why I tip Liverpool. Manchester City, I think, already have won the league. I, I hate to say it, Liverpool fans. I just look at Haaland coming in and I think, to be fair... This guy is going to kill it. 
I don't know if anyone saw the stats, but at 21 years old, he's already smashed Messi, Ronaldo, all these all these great records that were, were captured by those greats. He's already beaten that. Now, a lot of people will say the Germany League is a lot more difficult. Um, uh, sorry, is a lot. Uh, the Premier League is a lot more difficult than the German League, and I would have to agree. I think the Premier League is the most difficult league in the world. In the world, and when I look at what he's done at Bundesliga, I think it's pretty impressive. Now, will he take that form into the Manchester City side? This is Harland we're talking about. Yeah, this is not a risky signing because this is a guy that's killed it over at Salzburg and now at Dortmund. And let's be honest, in the Champions League, hasn't on the Europa League as well, hasn't looked too shabby. So I think this guy is only going to get better and he's only going to improve Manchester City. Has to be said, going to have to talk about Tottenham. Um, I'm not saying Arsenal fans are losing their minds. But it is frustrating. And the reason it's frustrating from my point of view is because they're doing business like I want to be doing it. And a lot of people will say, but they've not signed anyone amazing. And I would probably agree that they haven't signed anybody amazing. But they're signing players that are proven and that are ready to win with Conte right now. And I think where my frustration and my, perhaps you could say slightly jealousy is, is that they've got a great stadium, an elite manager, a brilliant forward line, some would say the best in the league. And now they're adding three or four players that I'm quite jealous of. And one of those is Yves Basuma. He's signed today. It's been confirmed that it looks as if it's going to be, I think, a really good signing alongside Benton Kerr. They've still got Hoiberg, but I believe that he's probably going to be shifted out now. And they'll go with him um, in that kind of back three that Conte likes to play alongside uh, Benton Kerr in midfield. Basuma will slot in. And I think he's everything that we need and I want in the Arsenal midfield. I don't care about his personal life. I believe what I'm hearing, it's all sorted and there's no issues there now. And he was only 25 million for the pure fact that he um, has one year left on his contract and wants to leave Brighton. Brilliant business, absolute steal, bargain and an opportunity that I think we've potentially missed. Now, I have no knowledge of who we're in for otherwise, but I do believe we need another defensive midfielder. I'm not so sure that Elneny, Chaka and Lokonga are good enough. And I think if Party does get injured, we're going to really struggle. So I'd love to have seen somebody like Yves Basuma come in. The other thing that I think is good business from Tottenham is they brought in a good backup goalkeeper that's Premier League proven now. Whenever Lloris got injured, and let's be honest, at 35 years old, he's probably going to look to have had some injuries in the next few seasons or the next few months. They've now got Fraser Forster who can slot in. Before that, they had absolutely nobody, let's be honest. They had unknown goalkeepers. They weren't good enough. Conte's recognised that and strengthened it. Believe it or not, I do believe that Perisic is a great signing. And people will laugh and say he's 33, 34 years old. But if you look at his injury record, he's not injury prone. He was fit for Inter Milan for most of that season. He's got all the attributes to be able to play as a left winger or a left wing back, which of course is where Antonio Conte, we believe he will slot him in. I think Perisic is a great signing and he's got the right mentality and the right leadership qualities to take Tottenham forward. And I do believe that is a now signing, but it's a better now signing than Arsenal have done in the past, i.e. Willian or David Luiz. So I look at what Tottenham are doing right now. I look at the players they're also linked with, Richarlison. I think that would be a fantastic signing. I do believe there's some issues up there for Richarlison. I ain't going to lie. I do think there's something wrong with Richarlison's mentality and perhaps Conte can change that. But if they do look to get him, that would be a good signing. And the other player I can't believe they're linked with, and I've looked at it today, is Martinez from Inter Milan. I'm amazed they're linked with him. To even think of trying to go for him ambitious-wise, in terms of Kane and Son, I don't think there's many people that are going to disrupt that front three along with Kulisevsky. But maybe Martinez feels he can come in and play a part of that. But what a signing that would be. They're also linked with Pau Torres from Villarreal, who's a very highly rated centre-half that Unai Emery has talked up very, very highly. 
And a lot of teams were very interested in him, Manchester United being one. But it looks as if Tottenham are in the race to sign this guy now. And that is a really good centre-half signing. To partner Romero and, of course, Eric Dyer, who I don't think is good enough, but probably would get by in a back three for Tottenham Hotspur. I think that would be a fantastic signing. I really do. Jed Spence, a Nottingham Forest player who Arsenal fans know a lot about. At right back, he looked really good against us in the FA Cup, I can't lie. If Tottenham start to make signings like that, they're going to be a real force next season. And I did say this to all the Arsenal fans that said, we do not want Antonio Conte. I asked why. Because he would win right now. And what do we need to do? Win right now. I'm never really one of these lovers of let's wait and see what Arsenal could do in five years' time. Because five years' time, it doesn't work. You do another five years' time, it doesn't work. Another five years' time, that's 15 years. We've already been 18 years without a title. And we were told going to the Emirates that we were going to win titles. So I'd like to see a title at some stage. And I don't think we've actually got close, as in Arsenal anyway, to a title since 2008 when Eduardo broke his leg and we finished three points off the top. Against Leicester that year, I think we finished seven or eight points off of them. So it wasn't really close to a league title. We never really looked like winning it. So for me, I think we need to look now at the now. But we all know that's not going to happen. We're in for a youth project. We're here for the future. And of course, the players we're signing, which we'll come to in a minute, are all for the future. Let's quickly touch on Chelsea, a team that's a little bit bit up in the air, to be honest with you, and a, t a side that I don't quite know what's happening ins and outs. It looks like there's a lot of outs and there's continually going to be a few more outs. There's issues with Lukaku and has been most of the season. It looks like he's going to go on loan to Inter Milan. I think there's a few more forwards that have got futures up in the air. Christian Pulisic, Ziyech. Um, and of course, at the back, they've lost a few players. Now, Rudiger leaving on a free. Cesar Aspilicueta looks to be going out the door also, as has Christensen. So for me, I expect Chelsea to do quite a lot of business. I'm not quite sure how much and I'm not quite sure who. But the players they've been linked with, two in particular of late, is um, Dembele from Barcelona, who's now left and will be a free transfer and his favourites to go to Chelsea, I think that would be a great signing. I really like him. Again, there's a mentality issue there, and there's rumours that he's one of these guys that is just a bit of a kid, just sits up all night playing computer games, and quite harshly um, reported that he's he's a little bit of a, of a loose cannon and hard work. But actually, when you look at it, I think that would be a really good signing for what Chelsea are lacking at the moment. And that's a little bit of pace and power on the wings, but with some output and delivery, and that's what Dembele can do. Kunde is the other guy at the back, but he's just got a hamstring injury, so I'll be amazed if that does happen anytime soon. I'm not sure how long he's out for, but he'll be a Seville centre-back that has actually been quite highly rated and touted as going to a few clubs over the last couple of transfer windows, but Chelsea look likely to sign him. But Chelsea actually need quite a lot. And I don't know if you guys agree with me here, but actually when I look at what Thomas Tuchel has done at Chelsea, I think it's a madness. I really like this guy. I think he's a fantastic manager. But how good are Chelsea? Let me ask you that in the chat. How good are Chelsea in terms of player players uh, player quality? Because I like their goalkeeper. I don't think any of their defenders left are really great. I mean, Thiago Silva is, but he's, what, 38 he's going to be now? Reese James, I'm a massive fan on, of. Probably one of their better players. Ben Chilwell, when he's fit, looks okay. I'm not a huge lover of Mason Mount. Kovacic does a job. He's good at what he does. Jorginho never really got it. Kante, superb, but in the decline of his years. That front line is unreal. I don't rate Werner. I don't rate Pulisic. I don't rate Ziyech. I don't really rate Callum Hudson-Odoi. And I think Mason Mount is a workhorse, but that's about as much as far as it goes. Lukaku has had his own issues. So are we honestly sitting there right now worried about Chelsea? Because I'm not going to lie to you guys. I hold my hands up and say that I'm not. I'm really not. 
I think they are definitely in for a shock with the new ownership because Roman Abramovich is ruthless. I think their fan base need to understand that it ain't going to be the same Chelsea. And what I do not also believe is that when you look at their squad, I wouldn't have more than two or three players in our side. And I don't even rate Arsenal that highly. But actually what I do think is that we've got a decent first eleven now. And apart from the forward line, which at the moment is non-existent for Arsenal, I don't really look at any of the Chelsea players and think, wow. Some people will say Kai Havertz, but I don't think he's lived up to his price tag, if I'm honest with you. And I think apart from Reese James and a couple of the others I mentioned just now, I'm not too jealous. So I think when I look at Chelsea, they could be in for a little bit of a shock this season. Of course, they'll probably do a lot of business and look a lot stronger than they do now. But right at the moment, it looks like they need to do a hell of a lot of business. Now let's move to Arsenal. I look a bit personally like this and I think we need seven or eight players. And people say that's way too much and it's over the top and we don't need that many players. But I look at it right now and think, yes, we do. Why? Because we're the weakest we've ever been squad uh, squad um, numbers-wise. We haven't got the numbers that we, we, we're used to. We haven't got a striker at the club. Rumours already and Ketty are signed. And I'll, I'll come to you guys in the chat in a minute with what you think of that news. But actually, when you look at every position at Arsenal, it is weak with either its first team player or its backup. And that's the harsh reality right now. When we have our first 11, we look okay. But there are certain positions that do look weak. So when I look at what Arsenal's goalkeeper is doing right now, although I think he needs to keep his head, I'm quite happy. I like Ramsdale. I think the last few games of the season, he definitely needed to keep his head and keep his calm because his distribution was getting worse, which is something I thought was his strength. The command of his area was still there, but there was some silliness happening. And I think most of it with Ramsdale was up there. If he can keep his heart, his head and keep his calm, I think we've got a fantastic goalkeeper for the future. I really do. I see him at 24 years old and think, yep, you're only going to get better. But what I don't want Aaron Ramsdale to do is turn into a Wojciech Chesney where he was great when he first came in, but the attitude got to him. He started to get cocky. He started to try and do stepovers. And I don't know if you remember, there was a few situations where he just had to be dropped because of his antics outside of football. I don't want to see that from Aaron Ramsdale. Matt Turner's come in as a backup. And from what I know, all accounts, he's a good goalkeeper from the USA. He's going to come in and at least compete and be an upgrade on what we've had there so far. I think with Leno, it's probably going to be goodbye. I don't know if this, the rumours are true about him going to Fulham, but it looks to me as if it's going to be in advanced stages, and that would be a fantastic signing for Fulham, in my opinion. Not that I think we should be demanding 20 million. I think we bought him for 26, but I do think we should try and get more than 8 million that's been touted. I'd like to try and think if we can get closer to 10, that would be a good bit of business because it looks as if he's going to be walking away um, for no more than that. Then I look at the right-back scenario and I think Tommy Asu has been one of the best signings. I really like this guy. I think discipline, I think positioning, defending. I think he's aggressive. I like him technically on the ball. I think he's good with his right foot and left foot. And when he does go forward, although it's not like a Hector Bellerin or a Cedric where he bombs down, he's disciplined. I do like him going forward as well. But then I have a problem. And the reason I have a problem is because I don't think Bellerin, Maitland-Niles or Cedric can play there and be good enough cover. So I personally would be looking at a right back. There's rumours of Molina from Udinese. And of course, he's highly rated, 24 years old, and he's getting himself in the Argentina side now. I spoke to Harry yesterday for those that watched, and he's a massive fan of his. Not so sure that he's ready for first team, but of course he'd be cover for Tommy Asu. And that's a position I think we do need. There's a lot of talk about Ben White potentially playing over there. I've seen him play there a few times. I didn't like it. He is a centre-half for me, or even a defensive midfielder in terms of his attributes. I don't see him bombing up and down the right-hand side. I really just don't. The left-hand side is a problem because Kieran Tierney, albeit my favourite player, and in my opinion, uh, captaincy, although it looks like it's going to go to Erdegaard, 
he's just not fit enough at the moment to be relied upon for the full season. And we know how much we miss Kieran Tierney when he moves out of that position due to injury because we miss him so, so much, not just defensively, but also going forward. So the two people that we're linked with are Zinchenko and Aaron Hickey. I'm not so sure that Zinchenko is going to happen for two reasons. One, I don't think he's going to want to come and be second to Kieran Tierney. Two, I don't think he wants to be a left back. And three, I don't think he's quite the good enough. And I think it would be a risk for us to play him in our midfield. So Aaron Hickey is the one that I think will probably happen. Somebody that played, I imagine, with Tommy Asu last season at Bologna. He's a left back that's highly rated over in Scotland. I've spoken to people that watch him. Apparently he is great. He's going to be superb. High ceiling. Yep, it sounds good. Not sure how much it will cost, but I imagine that will probably be happening. When it comes to centre of defence, Austin Trusty is apparently coming in. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I imagine he'll be loaned out to a Premier League side, a Champions League side or somewhere abroad. But if he does come in, then of course that's an option for us. Pablo Marie and Nuno Tavares, there's a lot of rumours that they're probably going to do some business elsewhere. It might be that Pablo Marie stays at Udinese and Tavares is going on, going on loan somewhere or even sold. But as for our centre-backs, I imagine Rob Holding will stay. I imagine Ben White and Gabriel will stay. And it looks like William Saliba will be coming in. As for our midfield, this is a, a place that needs a lot of surgery. If we start with our defensive midfielders, we've got Partey, Shaka, Elneny and Lokonga. I still feel we need an upgrade on them. I said it earlier, Basuma would have been fine for me. But actually, when you look at who's available, 25 million release clause for Ibrahim Sangare over at PSV would be perfect for me. A beast of a man. Absolutely superb. International Fivery Coast. If no one's gone and watched him, go and watch him. He's an absolute monster. I'd love somebody like that to come in. I really do. A lot of talk earlier in the season about Ruben Neves. I'm not so sure that that's the player that we need to sit and hold in our midfield. But it's a player I really like and would certainly be an upgrade on Granite Chaka. But if the rumours are truth to be told that Tielemans is on his way to us for 25 to 30 million, I would be much happier with that signing. I think he'd be absolutely fantastic. I really do. And I think that when you look at what he's he has to bring to Arsenal, Tielemans, it's a lot of defensive ability as well as attacking ability. I think he can play box to box. He can play in a six if he wants to or the eight. And he can even play a more advanced role. And I just think that's so good to have in your midfield. I'm a huge fan of Yuri Tillemans and I do believe that that will happen in a, in a number of days time from what I'm being told. I think that's a great signing. And to be fair, I think it's probably the one that excites me the most because I watched him a lot last season along with James Madison because I really wanted James Madison last season. And a lot of people said that Erdegaard was a better signing. But actually, when you look at the output, James Madison left him dead in the water. With 16 goals and 12 assists, I look at that as a much better season than Erdegaard's four assists and four goals or whatever it was. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. In midfield, more attacking-wise, of course, we have Erdegaard and it looks as if to be Fabio uh, Vieira. Now, I don't know much about Fabio Vieira, I'm not going to lie. It seems that all these Arsenal fans have come out the woodwork saying he's a genius and he's highly rated. But I have to be honest and hold my hands up. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know much about him. But all I can do is watch his highlights, look at some clips on YouTube and look at his stats. And of course, it looks quite good. Highly rated, 22 years old, left-footed player. But my concern is where is he going to fit into this Arsenal side? And I'll ask you that in the chat. And we'll go through some comments in a bit. Trust me, we will. But actually, when you look at his positioning... Harry said maybe you go a little bit wide. He's been playing in an Erdegaard position from what I can see for Porto. Is he going to complement Erdegaard and play either side of Thomas Party? Is he going to go wide? 
Is he going to be more of a, a, a attacking eight, a number 10? Where do you guys see this guy fitting in? I'd love to get your opinions on that. Um, when it comes to Martin Erdegaard, um, listen, Intianana said here, do you rate Martin Erdegaard? Uh, yes, I do as a footballer, but I have my doubts on his output. If I'm honest with you, I need to see more goals. And if I'm honest with you, I need to see some more assists because I honestly believe um, it's it's going to be uh, a player that when we look back, he might look a little bit similar to, to Mesut Ozil. <laughs> and some people will say that's great. That's a compliment. And you know what? Yeah, he was a fantastic footballer as well. But what I'm getting at is Martin Erdegaard is one of these players who keeps it simple and looks very pretty. But actually, is he massively instrumental home and away in our midfield? And I would question that. I think some of his home games at the Emirates is fantastic. And me and Lee Judges were talking to troops on the Lee channel the other day saying, yep, he looks similar to Mesut Ozil to me. Fantastic away from home um, against the little sides. Fantastic at home to the little sides. When it comes up against big sides, he disappears. Now, to counteract that, I remember him playing superbly in the North London derby. I remember him playing very well at Old Trafford, believe it or not, when unfortunately he gave away a penalty, which is the bad thing that he did, but played very well, scored a goal and looked instrumental. So there is some ways that I see him play, but I don't believe he's this genius in midfield. I really just don't get that. I see James Madison and scoring goals and I want Erdegaard to do that. So that for me is my opinion on Martin Erdegaard. I think we're done in midfield after that, as long as we can get that holding midfielder that I believe that we need. Then we move on to our wide men. And people make me laugh at Arsenal Football Club. They say Saka, Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, they've got to play. We cannot hold them. We cannot hold them back. Do you know what? You're right. But actually, when I look at it, we need a squad, guys. And we need players that are going to be keeping those players um, on their toes. So players that we linked with, like the Serge Nabris, which I don't see happening, and Rafinha, which I think will probably end up in a Barcelona move, that's good for me. Marquinhos, I'm not sure if I see that as a as a signing for the squad right now or if it's going to be a loan signing. I don't know anything about him. I can't lie. I think if it's a Martinelli signing, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him in and around the place. But when I look at it, I do believe that there's two positions there that are probably needed strength in depth. Now, Smith-Rowe and Martinelli can definitely fight for that left-hand side if they want. But Saka's on his own right there. Which leads me to one more player, Nicolas Pepe. Everybody knows my thoughts on Nicolas Pepe. He's not my favourite player. I don't love the kid. But what I will say is I think he's been harshly, harshly treated by the manager. The manager does not like him. The manager doesn't fancy him. The manager doesn't rate him. But actually, when you look at his output the season that he was given a chance, he scored 16 goals and was our top scorer. And I'm an amazing stat yesterday from Graham Brooks, who said that if you was to count up all the goals that this current Arsenal side have scored, Pepe wins with 27. That's how poor things are in the forward areas of Arsenal right now. So if you compare that to Harry Kane or Cristiano Ronaldo or, you know, um, let's take Raheem Sterling or Salah, they're in the hundreds. But when you look at what Arsenal have got right now, 27 with Pepe, we need some serious surgery up top. So I would sell Pepe because he's not wanted by Mikel Arteta. It looks to me as if we're not going to get any more than 20 million, uh, 20 million to 25 million. But actually, when you look at it, I think we need serious surgery in those positions also. Now let's talk about the players we link with up top. First of all, Eddie Nketiah. It looks as if he signed. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, guys. Please tell me in the chat and we'll go through some comments in a minute. But my God, 100k a week and the number 14 shirt for a guy that's, let's be honest, 
refused to sign contract extension until he got the money that he wanted and scored four goals in the last six games. I don't think that's enough to warrant a place in this squad for 100k a week. And my biggest concern and worry is that we only get one player and that we actually have Eddie Nketiah as our backup striker for the rest of the season. That worries me. Big, big time that worries me. Balogun needs a loan and I'd like to see him in the Premier League, but I think perhaps Championship might bulk him up a little bit. So when I come and look at what we've got um, now that Lacazette and Aubameyang have left, it looks as if Gabby Jesus is going to get done. Now, I'm OK with the signing. I actually think his link-up play and what he does in terms of his work rate and in front of goal is really good. I'm not so sure that he's prolific enough to take us to the next level because what I'm going to demand from my striker is between 15 and 20 goals. And I'm not so sure that he's got that more than twice for Manchester City in six years. So when I look at what he's doing at Manchester City around that's surrounded by absolute genius at work, some of their players, it worries me. Having said that, there are defences to Gabriel Jesus to say that actually doesn't play a lot of the time and he's being shifted out by the Fodens and the Sterlings and the Mahrez's of this world for that position. So perhaps as a number nine at Arsenal, we might see a little bit of a different Gabriel Jesus that's prolific in front of goal. The positives are that apparently, according to Big Steven, Man City fan that you know from the Big Six, he was on with me the other day saying that Gabby Jesus is a fan favourite. He's a workhorse. He'll give 110% and you'll all absolutely love him. So when I look at those things, when Man City fans are saying, I do not want to lose this guy, I'm really happy with that. Like, I'm really happy with what's coming out from there at Manchester City. So for me, that would be a good signing. There's links last night and this morning and most of today, if you look at some of the rumours, that Arsenal are going to make an audacious bid for Ozymen. Now, Ozymen's a player that at Napoli was injured with a face injury, so at least it wasn't a muscle strain or something like that. But actually, when he did play, was fantastic. And I saw his goals at Lille and his goals at Napoli, and it's basically one every other. This guy's a machine in front of goal. And I think he's 23 years old, so he's at a good age. I think this would be a really good signing. And I think with him and Jesus, they're two bullies. They're workhorses, they'll be a nuisance, and they'll be probably complementary to the style that we assume Mikel Arteta wants to implement, which is similar style to that of Manchester City's. So I think those would be fantastic signings. Now, when you count them up, there's quite a lot, yeah? There's quite a lot. We've looked at two backup fullbacks. We've looked at um, a goalkeeper and Saliba coming back in. We've looked at two positions in midfield, one defensive, one attacking. We've looked at a couple of wingers and we've looked at a couple of strikers. We're running out of fingers of how many players we need. But I honestly believe that we need this right now because we're looking at four competitions. We're looking at four competitions that we need to go in, in my opinion, to try and win all of them. Because that's the idea of elite sport. Try and win the damn competitions. Not just take part and participate and try and look at one other the other. I want to try and get as many as we can to these uh, to these trophies because the way I see it is this. Yes, we have our targets. Yes, we want to try and get Champions League football. I think everybody would agree with me to say that the best way to do that is probably to win the Europa League. And then if you can't do that, then top four is an absolute bare minimum next season. Otherwise, questions have to be asked of the manager, in my opinion. When I look at what we're doing in the FA Cup and the League Cups, though, they just, they're not something that have been a nuisance. And I honestly believe since we won the thing in 2020, that's what they've been looked at to all of these fan base and to this manager. That we got into the first round against Nottingham Forest and rolled over and died. That we got into the, 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 uh, the, the semi-finals of the League Cup and just played kids. We need to actually look at what we are as a club and say that the reason we are so historic reputationally is because of our history with winning trophies. So I want to see that again next season. I'm no different to you guys. That's exactly what I want to be seeing. 
So well, let's go through some of your questions. Um, there's a lot of you joined us, man. There's uh, well over 150 of you in the chat. Really appreciate that. Really, really appreciate that at all. Um, here we go. Uh, Luanda said, questions, Dan. There's only answers if he doesn't get top four, surely. Listen, put your answers in the chat. What happens if Arteta does not get top four this season? What do we do? Uh, Lynn's in the house. Lynn, thank you so much. Says, good show, Dan. Keep it up. Thank you very much. Craze agrees with me and says that trophies are everything. 100% agree. Um, let's look at some of your questions. Mark says, Dan, do you think that the Vieira news was dropped deliberately yesterday because the Arsenal fans were in meltdown over Basuma the day before and the Eddie news was dropped to follow the Vieira news? Do you know what's a great point? It is a great point. Can you imagine if Arsenal would sign nobody or not been linked with anybody heavily and there was no news dropped but Eddie and Ketia has signed a new contract? The day after Basuma signs for Spurs. I think you're absolutely right, Mark. I think it's decent uh, timing, if I'm honest with you. Uh, Luan has also said, right now, Dan, I think Spurs will get the third spot ahead of Chelsea next season. 100% agree with you. I think Antonio Conte is there to take Spurs to wherever he can. And I think the best they can hope for in the league is third place. And that's where I think they'll get. And God forbid me saying this. They might even win a trophy as well. Uh, Lynn, you've asked, could Ben White be able to cover for party? I think that there's probably a potential for him to have some attributes at defensive midfield. But what I don't like, Lynn, is players trying to cover for other players. So, for example, Ben White has to go over at right back or over at defensive midfield or Cedric has to go at left back or, God forbid, Granit Xhaka has to go at left back. I don't like all that. I'd much rather have cover players for those that are strength, strong enough to have the ability to come in for them. Uh, Lynn, you've also said, so if we get all the signings we're linked with, would you say this is a good window? 100% I would, because as long as those positions are covered, Lynn, I would say that was a fantastic window. I really do. And I believe that if we get the seven or eight players that we're linked with position-wise, I'll be very, very happy and say that Stan Kroenke has backed him. But then, of course, the pressure's with Mikel, and it's over to him. Uh, Knuckles, uh, big up to yourself, man. You're always on here and always on Lee Judges TV. Good man. He says, should the attention be focused on the owners and the board more than the manager during this window? 100% agree with you, mate. Listen, Mikel Arteta can't do nothing unless he's given money and unless he's given backing. And like I've just said, I believe if those players come in the door that I've just mentioned in those positions and we have this huge seven or eight incomings and a little bit of a clear out, I'll say fair play, Kroenke. You are still backing this guy. But the reason my pressure is still on you, Stan and Josh, is because if this guy underachieves, I want you to get him gone because we could do a lot better with some of the other managers that are out there. Uh, Yasina says, so no top four or a trophy next season should result in a sacking. Yeah, I believe so. Be a bit harsh if it was Mikel Arteta's first season, but actually this is going to be four seasons in charge now. Three and a half, but you could say the fourth season in charge that Arteta has been. And if we don't get Champions League, I don't know where we're going. I really do not know where we're going. Um, Lucas has said winning the Europa League is the most important um, no top four surely he has to go says Josh um, what else have we got here um, if we get a third forward I'll be willing to see if Eddie proves himself but the 14 what are they smoking let's know what your thoughts are about that how important is it about squad numbers to you how important is it that you have the goalkeeper at number one, your striker at number nine, your winger at number seven and 11, your, your, your right back at two and your left back at three? Because I'm quite old school and I like that. But when you look at the actual number 14 itself in this scenario, it isn't because of the position he plays. It's because it's Thierry Henry's number. And to be fair, Aubameyang's number. So what they're saying and what people will look at that is you're replacing Henry and Aubameyang. So give me a, a shout out in the chat um, and see what you think about that. Um... 
For me, my personal opinion, I think two strikers are at the minimum that we the minimum that we need. Um, because Eddie Nketiah needs to be back up third, not back up striker. He needs to be our third choice, for me at least, maybe even the fourth choice. So if he's going to be our second backup, I, I'm not feeling it, if I'm honest with you. Um, let's have a look at what Lucas has said here. He says, would you rather a left back and a winger or a top target man, Dan? Well, listen, we've got a left back and a winger. We don't have any top target man at the moment. So I think that's where our priorities need to be. Having said that, I think we need all three, mate. I really do, Lucas. I think we need all three. And the reason we need all three is because we know what our injuries are like. We know with Thomas Partey and Kieran Tierney and Tommy Asu, we might get some injuries. And... We need to have that strength in depth for the when someone does get injured, they slot straight back in. Um, Crazer said, it's the principle. We should have retired the number 14, in my opinion, because it's not a common number and no one will ever live up to Thierry Henry. Well, I certainly agree with the latter. I'm not really into retiring shirt numbers, you know. I'm not really into it. I think it, that, that time goes on and history will remain and the number on your back will always remain with your favourite player. If you go through the Arsenal side now, number one reminds me of David Seaman, whatever happens. Number two will remind me of Lee Dixon. Number three, as much as I hate to say it, will either remind me of Nigel Winterburn or Ashley Cole. Number four is Vieira. Number five is probably Martin Keown. Number six, Tony Adams. Number seven, Rocky or Pires. Number eight, Ian Wright. Number nine, probably Alan Smith, to be honest with you. Number 10, of course, is Dennis Burkamp. The list goes on. So, of course, you'll always remember your favourite player from those numbers. But I don't think that we should retire those numbers just because one of those legends wore it. But I do have issues with what the number 14 means by giving it to, of course, Eddie and Ketia. Uh, Ian Barron, subscribe to the channel. Top man, thank you very much for that. Ian says, hi guys, I'm a Darlington fan. I've met you before. I say I met you, I've met you virtually before in some of the chats. We were made bankrupt in 2011 and we reformed in 2012, demoted four leagues and we're currently a fan-owned Nation League North Club and we've had three promotions to date. Well, listen, good luck to you, my guy, and I love the fact that you've stuck with them and I love the ambition there, mate. That is absolutely fantastic. Um, let's take one more question before we do wrap up. We've got um, a question here from Ori. It says, who's winning the league? And do you think Spurs are taking the third spot? Well, as I mentioned earlier, yes, I do think Spurs are taking the third spot. I think it's going to be behind Liverpool and City. But if you were to ask me now who's winning the league, it would be Manchester City. I just think with a Haaland signing, that for me is just too good to be true. Um, last question is Caton. It says, what's the total amount for the summer transfer window given to Mikel Arteta? I think it's going to be close to 200 million, guys. I think it will be about between 150 and 200 because the amount that we spent last summer, we've spent even more or less um, in January. We've cleared out the decks and we've got rid of the wage bill. For me, it has to be close to, to 200. I, I have to, I have to see that. I really do. And um, if it is that, then he needs to start performing because he's been backed massively um big up yourselves this has been a lovely stream absolutely love seeing the interaction love seeing your comments in there um and please like this video on your way out man i much appreciate it i've been humbled to be honest to only do five or six videos and uh, almost hit 2k so please if you can keep supporting the channel smash a like on this because it's so important to me and please subscribe and just tell your mates about it because this channel is going to grow i'm going to be getting a lot of influencers on the all going to know a lot of influencers from other clubs it's not just going to be arsenal content of course it's going to be transfers 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 we're going to do some quizzes we're going to do some debates and then when the season starts we're going to start doing some shows that are going to incorporate all of the Premier League sides. 
How am I going to do that? I hear you say, well, I have a plan up my sleeve as to how we're going to get as many people on as possible at once. So that's what's going to happen. We're going to do a few shows that are going to be related to your football club. So please smash a like on this video and please hit a subscribe on your way out. Until then, peace out and up the Arsenal. Take care, guys.